Good morning, and welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten. Recently, I returned from a 10-day trip to the Holy Land, to the State of Israel. And I had the unique opportunity to experience two Israeli holidays, which are the topic of my conversation today. Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaAtzma'ut, the day of remembrance of fallen soldiers and Independence Day for the State of Israel, this year celebrating the 69th anniversary of the establishment of the modern State of Israel. Now, to understand Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaAtzma'ut, I want to um, compare them briefly to um, Canada Day this year, July 1st, 2017 will be the 150th anniversary of Confederation, in which the country now known as Canada joined together disparate um, provinces of the British Empire into one uh, unit um, known as Canada, Upper and Lower Canada, and parts of the East Coast Maritime Provinces. And there will, of course, be a huge celebration on Parliament Hill here in Ottawa and other communities. And throughout the year, there have been celebratory uh, opportunities in every small and large community. We understand the notion of the celebration of the birth of our country. Memorial is somewhat different in our country. We have a uh, opportunity in November, November 11th, in which we remember the uh, conclusion of the First World War, and we use that date as a moment of silence on behalf of all of those who have fallen to protect Canada. Mostly, they fell in wars not on our shores. First World War, Second World War, Korean conflict, some who fought in Vietnam, more recently, those who have fought in Iraq or Afghanistan, some who have fought in peacekeeping missions. Just this past April, we observed a moment of silence and commemoration for the 100th anniversary of the Battle of Vimy Ridge. And we saw the prime minister and members of the cabinet and armed forces in France at that beautiful memorial in honor of the thousands and tens of thousands of Canadian soldiers who fell at Vimy Ridge and battles associated with it. In Israel, it's a slightly different experience. It's only 69 years since the establishment of the state, 
And all the battles have been either within the borders of the land of Israel or in countries that are connected to it, whose borders are intimately intertwined with each other. Everybody in Israel seems to be required to serve in the armed forces. And therefore, as many of you know, boys are required to serve three years from 18 to 21, girls two years, 18 to 20. If you are appointed an officer, you serve an additional three years. If you are a pilot, you serve years beyond the five years. It's a small country, six million people, maybe six and a half million people now. I want to share with you my experience of Yom Azikaron, um, and then talk a bit about Yom Azikaron as it's understood in North America and outside the land of Israel. So let's first understand that Yom Azikaron is the day that the state of Israel set aside to memorialize the brave and selfless sacrifice of all those who have given their lives in her defense and in defense of her inhabitants. Originally, in the first years following the War of Independence in 1948, remembering those who had fallen in battle and who had fought with their last ounce of strength to make independence a reality was part of the Yom Ha'atzma'ut ceremonies, the ceremonies marking the independence of Israel. However, in 1951, it was suggested that Yom HaZikaron should be observed annually as a separate observance on the day preceding Independence Day celebrations. This indeed became the accepted practice for many years until it was voted into law by the Knesset, the Israeli parliament, in 1963. I want to read to you a bit from the bill from the Israeli parliament. The fourth of the Hebrew month of ER will be Memorial Day for soldiers of the Israeli Defense Forces who made the ultimate sacrifice in order to assure the existence of the State of Israel, as well as those who fell in the campaigns to create the State of Israel, to memorialize them and to pay tribute to their courage. If the 4th of ER falls on a Friday, Memorial Day, Yom HaZikaron in Hebrew, will be commemorated on the second day of the year. If it falls on a Thursday, Memorial Day will be commemorated on the 3rd of ER of that year. If it falls on a Sunday, Memorial Day will be commemorated on the 5th day of, the, of that year in order to avoid Shabbat. The beginning of Memorial Day. Memorial Day begins from dusk on the 3rd of ER or 4th or 2nd as required and ends upon the appearance of the stars on the following day. More about that later. The rules of observance. On Memorial Day, now remember this is a law of the Israeli parliament. So it's not just a tradition. On Memorial Day, two minutes of silence will be observed throughout the entire country. 
during which all work and travel will cease. Flags will be lowered to half-staffs in all public buildings. Commemorations and public gatherings will take place. Ceremonies will take place in army bases and educational institutions. And TV and radio broadcasts will be required to convey the uniqueness of the day. The prohibition of public amusements. On Yom Azikaron, public amusements will be prohibited. Cafes will be closed from Memorial Day Eve, from the beginning of Memorial Day until the following day. Those who violate the instructions in this paragraph and in previous paragraph will be subject to a fine. A relative of a fallen soldier is allowed to be absent from work on Memorial Day, but will be compensated as if he had worked on that day. In regard to a relative, parents, grandparents, spouse, children, brothers and sisters of fallen soldiers, this was amended to include those who are the victims of terrorism, will also be allowed to be absent from work with pay. So, you've listened to the ball, to the law. On one hand, it includes observances, reminiscences of traditional Jewish holidays. The fact that the day begins at nightfall on the eve of the established day, as well as the prohibition of keeping businesses opening and the outlawing of public amusements, are all indicative of traditional Jewish ways that mourning is observed. I want you to think about that in comparison to November 11th and whether um, we mourn based on a common tradition of what constitutes mourning or whether we have a few civil behaviors. Our stores closed, our banks closed, our restaurants closed, is society um, asked to respond as if we were all mourners? Consider that. Now, in Israel, on the other hand, observances such as lowering the flag to half-mast and the observance of minutes of silence are actions that come from outside of Jewish ritual, borrowed from other cultures, such as our Canadian for one full day, all places of public entertainment, theaters, cinemas, nightclubs, pubs, etc., are closed. Not so in Canada. The sound of the siren is heard throughout the country twice, during which the entire nation observes a two-minute standstill of all traffic and daily activities. I'm going to share with you a story about that in a moment. The first siren marks the beginning of Memorial Day, Yom Zikaron, at 8 p.m., and the second is at 11 a.m. before the public recitation of prayers in military cemeteries. While Yom HaZikaron is not conceived of as a religious commemoration by the majority of Israelis who are secular, but as part of their civil culture, the siren seems to inspire awe and sanctity in a way quite similar to traditional religious ceremonies. Some might even suggest that the siren at 8 p.m. on the eve of Memorial Day is reminiscent of the sounding of the shofar on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur. 
all radio and television stations broadcast programs portraying the lives and heroic deeds of fallen soldiers are required. Most of the broadcasting time is devoted, even to the non-public stations, is devoted to Israeli songs that convey the mood of the day. Many high schools in Israel have a memorial corner with photos of the school graduates who fell in battle or while on military display, uh, military duty on display. The unique atmosphere of the day is intensified by the sight of thousands of soldiers in uniform on their way to military cemeteries. While at the time of its inception, the day was marked by a mood of national reverence for the sacrifices of the martyrs and a clear-cut message that through their deaths they command us to live, in recent years there's also been a greater emphasis on the individual loss and the tragedy of the untimely loss of these soldiers and victims, many of them young people, and the scars that the family and the friends carry with them. It should be noted, of course, that each year the list of fallen soldiers grows, And in recognition of this, radio and television programs tend to focus on those soldiers who lost their lives in recent decades, rather than those who fought in the pre-state undergrounds and of 1948 war. Nonetheless, the public ceremonial observances on the day continue to emphasize a sense of national loss and a mandate to press on and not to let those deaths be in vain. A service representing the national observe nations of Verms is telefied from the military ceremony on Mount Herzl in Jerusalem, but should be noted that additional services and observances are held in cities, towns, schools, and army bases throughout the country. Now let me share with you my story of Yom Hazikaron. So I'm in Israel, and I'm on a kibbutz by the name of Sarid. The kibbutz Sarid was founded in 1926 by Romanian and other Eastern European Jews, but mostly Romanian Jews. It was part of what was known as the Shomer Hatzair movement a extremely socialistic movement in which the kibbutz, a communal living situation based on the principles of uh, all for one and one for all um, and shared decision-making preeminated, predominated. The kibbutz, has changed between 1926 and today, as all kibbutz have, and it's no longer primarily uh, based on the socialist model. It still has an agricultural economic base, but it has a factory. Um, It has private enterprise. 
members of the kibbutz are now allowed to own property that they did not own before, so they may own their own cars. They no longer eat in a communal dining hall as meals are only served at lunch and on Shabbat. And I have been visiting this kibbutz for 50 years. This year, I happened to be visiting my friends on the kibbutz on the day and eve of Yom Hazikaron, and let me explain what happens. At 7.50, the members of the kibbutz gather at the uh, grassy area below the dining hall, and there there is a monument to all the members of the kibbutz who have fallen in battle or those who have died in terrorist attacks. Everyone stands around until 8 o'clock. At 8 o'clock, the siren sounds. It is the same siren that would send the kibbutzniks to their underground air raid shelters. What makes the siren so powerful this year is that this kibbutz is located in the middle of the Jezreel Valley. It is surrounded by many, many other kibbutzim, and so it is not in the middle of a city. The sound of the siren echoes throughout the valley. It's as if the sound of the siren can be heard in the entire world there are no buildings, there are no structures, there are no mountains that impede the sound from coursing through the air and settling upon all of the inhabitants. Mothers, fathers, children, the elderly stand silently for two minutes. The end of the two minutes the siren stops, and a tekes, a program, begins. Parents who have lost their children come forward to light the memorial light, the same light that parents would light for the death of their children in a synagogue, or that children would light for the death of their parents or relatives. Some poems are recited, but they are not the international poems of Israel. They are the poems of children who have lost their parents. A slideshow is presented honoring the memory of each of the kibbutzniks who have lost their lives. 35 images are on the screen. Each of the images is followed by a brief description of who the people were. Those who died in the War of 1948 may have only been members of the kibbutz for a brief period of time. Those who died in 56 and 67 were certainly members of the kibbutz for longer. 
at the conclusion of the slideshow, another poem is read, and then the national and then the trumpet blows what we call last call or Americans call taps. The national anthem is sung, not the way we sing it at a hockey game or a baseball game or a basketball game, but the way one sings it in recognition of the moment. The ceremony ends and then the most unique thing happens. Ankibutsim of this genre, children grew up in children's houses. They did not live with their parents. They visited their parents once or twice a day. In fact, they didn't sleep with their parents. They grew up with a cohort of children their own age. That would be from birth through high school and the army. So on the kibbutz, cohorts of age by age get together and speak of those who had been part of their kvutzah, part of their group, and were no longer with them. My friend, who is in her 70s, got together with the remaining members of her cohorts who live on the kibbutz, and from about 8.30 until early in the morning, they chatted about growing up on the kibbutz, about growing up on Israel, and reminisced about their classmates who were no longer with them. Throughout the kibbutz, these little groups would be gathering. The friends who I was visiting, one of whom is Israeli by birth and one an American by birth, of course, the American didn't have a group. Um, so this is a unique situation. The next day, my friend and I were traveling north to the Golan to visit some ancient synagogues. We stopped for a cup of coffee as from the kibbutz to the Golan is a, a long drive, even on the modern Israeli highways. And as we were pulling out of the uh, gas station coffee shop, I noticed that there was a bus of um, Israeli soldiers parked on the side of the road, and the soldiers were out of the bus on the shoulder of the road. We dro I drove another couple of meters. I saw a jeep stopped and army officers standing on the side of the road. And I realized, of course, that it must be close to 11 o'clock. And so we pulled over our car. In fact, in front of us were trucks, trailer trucks, small trucks. Every vehicle had pulled over to the side of the road. The highway was now empty. At 11 o'clock, the siren sounded again. One could visualize the siren cascading through the mountains now of the Golan, no longer the valley of the Emek. Silence permeates the entire country. 
This would be true in Tel Aviv, in Jerusalem, in Haifa, in Afula, in Naharia, in Sterot, on the Gazan border, in every Israeli city. Society comes to a stop. People pull off the side of the road. They hear the national siren for one minute. And they go get back in their car when the siren stops. It is an amazing feeling to be part of a society and a culture which so venerates the loss of life on behalf of the establishment of the state that in a busy secular world, people are prepared to stop. November 11th, each and every November 11th in Canada, a siren sounds in Ottawa. I tried to think back as I was standing there on the side of the road, whether in fact cars actually stop at 11 o'clock on uh, November 11th. I tried to think whether television shows stop for a minute. Perhaps in Ottawa that does happen because the TV, CBC, and CTV and Global will be showing the memorial service, Remembrance Day service at the Cenotaph in Ottawa, and so those shows will stop to observe the moment of silence with those gathered in the midst of Ottawa or in other locales. But in general, I wonder whether we truly, in our country, so removed by a hundred years, perhaps by longer, by wars that take place beyond our war borders, have integrated the notion of what it means to honor the fallen. Perhaps because every real Israeli realizes that the next day someone new might die for the sake of preservation of the state of Israel, it's more poignant. Perhaps because it has the history of Jewish tradition behind it and a shared tradition that teaches each and every individual, even the secular Jew, what mourning and grieving constitutes, it is more powerful. The two sirens have sounded at 8 o'clock and then at 11 o'clock, and when three stars show in the sky on what would be the next day, the 5th of ER, the 5th of the Hebrew month of ER, Another siren sounds, and all of a sudden, the mood of the country changes to a celebration of Israeli independence, an independence which um, some believe was a gift from God, others believe is, of course, the result of long, hard political and physical battles. And the country begins to celebrate. But they celebrate with the knowledge of what it has cost them to achieve this independence. If you visit the land of Israel, there is no more palpable day than these 24 hours of Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaAtzma'ut. It is one of the unique aspects 
of a land that mixes Jewish tradition and secular reality. And even from the studio in which I speak to you this morning, I can feel the power of those moments resonating in my soul. For Jewish faith and Jewish facts, this is Rabbi Stephen Garten wishing you have a good day. Shalom. Yeah.